Hello and welcome to Our Lady of Victory. Today is August 31st, and we're going to reflect upon the first reading from Mass today, which is taken from St. Paul's letter to the Corinthians, his first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 3, verses 1 through 9. Let's see what St. Paul is trying to teach the people of Corinth today. Brothers and sisters, I could not talk to you as spiritual people, but as fleshly people, as infants in Christ. I fed you milk, not solid food, because you were not able to take it. Indeed, you are still not able, even now, for you are still of the flesh. While there is jealousy and rivalry among you, are you not of the flesh, and walking according to the manner of man? Whenever someone says, I belong to Paul, and another, I belong to Apollos, are you not merely men? What is Apollos, after all, and what is Paul? Ministers through whom you became believers, just as the Lord assigned each one. I planted, Apollos watered, but God caused the growth. Therefore, neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who causes the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one and each will receive wages in proportion to his labor. For we are God's co-workers. You are God's field, God's building. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Wow, there's a lot in that reading. But I want to just focus on one thing. Paul makes this point. He says to them, he says to the people of Corinth, you are still in the flesh. So I want to talk about what it means to be living in the flesh Versus living in the spirit. Now it's been three years. So Paul says you are still in the flesh. And, and scholars tell us it's been about three to five years since the people of Corinth have heard this, um, the gospel message preached. And Paul thinks they should have made you know, greater progress in the spiritual life, apparently. You know, they continue to live according to the flesh and not according to the spirit. And for Paul, living according to the flesh means... Uh, is like the human tendency towards sin and selfishness. It's a resistance to God. It's failing to allow oneself to be enlightened God's, by God's wisdom, relying on human wisdom rather than God's wisdom. So I want to share an example about, you know, what does it mean to live as a spiritual people? First of all, living in the Spirit, it can be described as you know, setting our hearts on the leadings of the Holy Spirit and allowing that to be our guide. We don't rely only on human wisdom. We, we trust first and foremost in God's wisdom, right? We say this all the time about, you know, surrendering our hearts to God and our heart is that, you know, core of our being and allowing ourselves to be led by the Holy Spirit, okay? So I'd like to share a real-life example of how allowing oneself to be led by the Spirit can make a horrible situation into a meaning, meaningful and purposeful situation. can add meaning and purpose to one's life. I had a really beautiful um, conversation with a Franciscan friar yesterday. He, is, um, he has spent his life in prison ministry and has a desire to, to make um, a ministry for those re-entering the world, as he would say, from prison, from incarceration. So he's looking to, you know, 
find parishes that are willing to welcome the formerly incarcerated into their parishes, integrating them into parish life in, in all that it has to offer. You know, not just in Worship, of course, uh, faith formation, of course, um, both in the sense that they get formed, you know, go to a Bible study, enter prayer groups, but also lead these things because, you know, folks coming out of prison, some of them are very uh, well formed in their faith. They, they've spent some time reading the Bible and studying their faith. So both on both ends, whatever way is right for them, right? They come in and live and become integrated into parish life. They work the pancake breakfast, all those things, right? They're, they're in a community um, that uh, welcomes them. Well, that's his desire to have this uh, ministry established in various places across uh, you know in the Detroit area but also not just those coming out of prison those that are still in prison and even those with long sentences he shares stories of of uh, men and women that he's met who you know they're they have life sentences or very long sentences and they they live in a state of hopelessness they feel their life has no meaning and purpose but that's never true that's never true. Even in the darkest places, our life always has meaning and purpose. We're called, we're called, we, the purpose of our life, rather, is to get to heaven and to get other people to heaven. Well, I think that doesn't result in joy. That doesn't transform one's life if we simply think about it in human ways. See, we need living in the Spirit, we come to know that to be true. We come to know that in the end, we're going to face our Lord Jesus. And he, you know we want Him to say to us, Well done, my good and faithful servant. So Father sees um, these folks that are still in prison as evangelical disciples that need to be formed. Right, evangelical disciple is a, someone who is motivated by the gospel to go out and spread the gospel and to spread it within prison and to plant these seeds throughout the whole block, throughout the whole prison community. And when these folks are formed, they come out and they're the folks at the parishes who receive uh, the people re-entering the world. But you see, the point I'm trying to make one, you know, for one living in such a dark and seemingly hopeless place as prison, I think that goal, that goal can only be understood spiritually. The goal being that our purpose in life is to get to heaven and get other people to heaven. Only a person who lives in the Spirit can draw joy from that. Only one who lives in the Spirit allows their their heart to be led by the Holy Spirit can really see that value and, and really become confident that that, that that is the meaning of their life, that it, that, that does give them purpose, even in, in dark situations. And it, it applies to our lives as well, even if we're not incarcerated. Well, we're not incarcerated, I don't think any, but we've lost loved ones. We live in that sorrow. We, we, some of us are disabled. We feel like maybe we we can't serve as we like to. Uh, we're get, we're getting older, all of us, but th that's never our our circumstances never define the meaning of our life. They never need to limit us in the sense that we're on a journey to get to heaven and to get others to heaven. I got a friend, a good friend of mine, who suffers from uh, muscular dystrophy. 
he he's challenged in ways of mobility, but he still stays active in the world. He he leads a men's community, uh, of Christian fellowship. You know, where men come together and and learn about their faith and share their faith. You know, he does what he can do to be an evangelical disciple. And I think we all need to keep that in mind. You know, our circumstances do not define us. It's our relationship with God and how we respond to the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. Circumstances don't limit the meaning and purpose we can find in life. Go in peace, brothers and sisters.